Welcome to another episode of Them Ass Burgers. <laughs> yes. Wait, did I say that right? I don't know. Burgers. Well, you say that like American people say Asperger's, don't they? As Asperger's. Asperger's. Why, I think it's, why can't I, think, I say it right now? I think it's pronounced differently in different countries. Also, it's not even a thing anymore. ASD. <laughs> yeah, but the podcast is called Them Asperger's. Asperger's. I can't call it Them ASD. It doesn't... Doesn't work. It's not the same. Asperger's. Um, yeah, but I just said it completely wrong and then couldn't remember what it was called. Asperger's. Uh, Asperger's. Yes. <laughs> Good start. Yeah. yeah I mean, at least we've got the name of the... Podcast down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, at least we can do that. At least everyone that's listening to this know that they're in competent hands that know what they're doing. Uh, like, we, we get the name of the show right every week, most of the time. Like, we're, we're totally, uh, yeah, we, we'll, we'll nail this. It's fine. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> so, this week is a, I suppose, part two of last week because you feel like we needed to go into more detail yeah last week ended up being more of a chat well i mean that's what all of them are well yeah but yeah it's always a chat yes we normally have a chat we normally have a chat that's well well this will be a chat but you know it will have more of a more bits to it but uh normal burger roundup how's your week been my week's been fine. Anything burger related that you want to mention that's happened to you in the last week? Not that I can think of, no. You always say that. And then I try and think, has there been anything? But actually, you've been all right lately. I can't remember the last time you had any sort of meltdowns lately. Yes. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I've been feeling fine recently, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I've started the daunting task of uh, looking for a new job. Yes. But I, uh, it's difficult. Like, I, it's still one of those things that I, I know there's people in on the spectrum that work, uh, and I know there's a lot of people on the spectrum that don't work. Um, and I think for me, I've always kind of like just had jobs because I've never had a diagnosis. Um, I'm not saying that like once you get diagnosed and you're young, you don't have to get a job because I know there's people that got diagnosed young that have a job. But I, I kind of just think that I should maybe, I don't know. I'm looking for like a line of work to get into that's burger friendly, but like that is not as easy as I initially thought it was. I thought there'd be loads of stuff that would be burger friendly, but I can't seem to locate anything. Everything I look at is like sales or retail, you know, like you get the apps yeah. that give you like job stuff and that kind of thing. But I am looking for a new job, but um, it seems like those on the spectrum that have a job, either it's something really niche yeah Yeah. it's something that they like their burgers has made them like be good at it and like gets you know they've got like a particular trait or skill that works well for that job or they've just got something that's quite low level entry level stuff like what i'm doing um but they you know i mean like it's in an environment that's burger friendly so i'm looking for like something like that but i'm not sure what what it is that I'm looking for. Um, and obviously, like, we've both discovered that because I've been doing this job for uh, four years, um, it's hard to break away from it. Yeah. Um, because you're used to the routine. 
used to the ins and outs of it uh you know you know the place you know what you're going to be doing you know the people you work with it's comfortable it's you know like once you're locked into a routine trying to get out of it in general like no matter what it is not just job related but those of you out there listening to this or know someone once they've got a routine down and it's something that the person on the spectrum does regularly on a basis you know like is this something they always do um they they you try and move them out of it and it's a nightmare like as much as I want to do a new job and I do really want one but like it's just that panic of like oh god like you know I have like money uh, coming in on a regular basis of a certain amount like do you know what I mean my life is like molded around how much money comes into what I do in the day like it kind of governs everything so like to try and rip that out and put something else in uh it's proving not to be that easy uh see I've got that going on at the moment uh with me is uh, I've started looking for work yeah. but I uh, I have no idea um no idea what would be a good fit you know yeah no I agree um like it's not feasible for me at the moment but I would rather do part-time but then I suppose who wouldn't (laughs) I guess I think a lot of people would rather do part-time but like I think it would be nice to do I think uh especially because at the moment with the changes that have been at work like you and I have both been doing around 40 to sometimes pushing 50 hours a week Mm. um usually we're doing about 45 but there's been weeks where i know that both of us have hit like 52 53 hours so i think it's made me feel like i want to do part-time when really maybe i just want to do like you know a standard 35 hour week because we've been doing a lot we've been spending a lot of time at work um and I'd like somewhere that had more of a routine because at the moment we do shift work. So you can't really have, you can't really get into a routine because there's some days where you'll be doing like a nine till six. There's some days where you'll be doing like a 12 till half eight. You don't know when your days off are going to be. Yeah. Stuff like that. So I'd rather maybe. Well, I can see why there's people on the spectrum that don't work. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Like I can see why why that's why that's a thing why there's people out there that just don't have a job um you know like originally i used to believe that those on the spectrum that didn't have a job just you know not everybody but some of them just they could work but they just thought it was easier to just get benefits and not get a job which initially i just kind of thought well i can work so they can work um but then, like, when you think about it a bit more and now, like, I've experienced it, I totally get why they don't have a job. Um, yeah. Like, I, in no way do I, like, judge them or, like, look at them in a way that just thinks, like, I can do it so you can do it. Which I think initially I had that mentality. But I've realized that it wasn't that I had, like, a thing against those people. I think I just was annoyed that, like, they've obviously got, like, help, support, like, that kind of thing. They, You know, someone's helped them and told them that they... Uh, yeah that they, you know, could get a job if they wanted, but it's, you know, it's not necessary. And, like, I I get that now, but, like, I think, like, when I first got diagnosed, I noticed that I hated, well, not hated, but I found other people on the spectrum that were the same as me that weren't having to go through, like, the same things I was going through. There was, like, some, like, contempt towards them. Like, I used to feel a bit, like, angry towards them. But then, like, I think it's because, I mean, and those of you on the spectrum, um, you know that, um, 
you can't really like sometimes you just get like powerful like emotional responses to stuff but you're not sure what it is or where it's coming from yeah uh, so you try and channel it and like I think I was channeling mine in a way that I just didn't understand why I was so angry um but I found like I was meeting these people on the spectrum that were like oh I don't work you know um I've got benefits that like pay for this and some people's benefits that they were getting like uh, pip and that kind of thing were more than I was getting paid to work yeah um and at the time I remember feeling like really angry and because I felt angry and didn't know why I remember thinking like it's because you should have a job and I have to have a job but then like when I took time to to think about it I realized that the problem was is that I was angry that I hadn't had the right like support or um care or that kind of thing you know and that's what I was really angry about but it took me a while to figure out that's what it was and I think this is a similar thing here now like I've totally changed my mind on I get why there's those on the spectrum that don't have a job um you know and won't like apply for jobs because I I can understand like what it's going to do to them I'm finding that out now by like looking for jobs but I also understand how hard it is for those that want a job and can't get a job. So they're having to just live on benefits because they can't go for a job. Like, yeah. like I've experienced this, like with um, just the interview process and like what it takes to get a job at the moment. You know, with like writing your CV and having to do like interviews uh, and doing all that kind of stuff. I can see why that in itself is a massive obstacle for those on the spectrum. And I still can't think of anything in place that can be put in for those in the spectrum to help them get work um there is uh somebody on one of our groups has posted like techniques they want to put in place uh yeah. or have worked for like people in interviews and they're really good ideas they are um, really good ideas. if you go on our group you'll find them on there uh, and you can like you can see what they are and they're thinking about implementing that in their workplace yeah um or I think she's like putting a system in place for those that want to do interviews. And I think that's good, but it's something I've never really thought about until recently. But I, I actually don't know of any systems in place for those in the spectrum to get through the hiring process. Because uh, obviously if I do go for another job like yourself, yeah, uh, we're both going to have to go through that again. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing in place for those on the spectrum. And like I've said in previous podcasts that I have... Um, Wait, am I using that right? Just as a side point. I say episodes, don't I? This is a podcast is the whole thing. Yeah. I don't say previous podcasts. I say previous episodes. Yeah. I always say podcasts. I'm still not sure what a podcast is. It's it's fine. <laughs> right. Anyway, so... Um, You're right. <laughs> but yeah, like in previous episodes, I've said uh, that... Uh, I I think it was last episode or maybe the one before. I said that like when people don't know what Asperger's is, they just don't give me the job because they're not sure what changes that they have to be in, put in place. And like yeah. some of the changes I need are really minimal and wouldn't be much effort. But like if you don't know what ASD or Asperger's is, you obviously like assume the worst. Yeah. And just think it's not worth bringing that person in here because it might not be an ideal environment for them you know and I'm not saying like they discriminate some places just think oh I don't know if this would work for you because it might be too stressful so I'm not going to put you through it so they don't give you the job yeah yeah um but yeah anyway that was like a side thing I was just saying I I like doing the little weekly catch-up yeah that I'm uh I've started looking for work I've put myself on all the apps uh I have tried uploading a CV CVs for me they were a bizarre uh in general I I still don't get it like why do you I I don't know like CVs I I can never tell what's relevant what's relevant to put on there um and like this tailoring your cv for whatever job you're given like that in itself is 
is bizarre. Yeah. Um, because like I've always done like retail. Um, so like my CV is just heavily retail based. But if I try and go into something else with this CV, I have to write in the cover note. Um, you know, I know it's all retail experience. However, I could do. Do you know, like it's it's just odd because I don't have any experience in anything else but retail. But retail is the thing I'm trying to get out of. So yeah. Uh, CVs for me are odd. It's just a piece of paper that says something about you and like in the job we do now i do interviews uh for new people um and to be honest i don't really like kind of look at the cvs but i've given interviews to people that have terrible cvs because i just think what if they just can't write a cv i'll see what they're like yeah so yeah so i've got to do that cv's on i'll put it on all the apps Uh, but yeah it just seems like all the jobs are not burger friendly jobs it's all shops or call centers or um some sort of like support yeah for customers and that kind of thing and yeah it's uh but i don't know if that's because that's all there is or i don't know if it's because um my cv says that's what i want so like these apps kind of like just create tailor it to what they think i'm looking for yeah but yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll see. Like I say, it's hard to find. Like every time I've gone on any sort of like Facebook pages or groups or that kind of thing for people on the spectrum, I've asked people what jobs they do. And I would say that most of them say they don't work or those that say they do work have like done a degree in something or do something really like specific. Skilled, yeah. Yeah. Skilled um, so it seems like it's that or the other. And there isn't really any like job jobs you in can just go is, into. Yeah. You either have to just find what your skill is do the job that's related to the skill that you've got or don't work. Yeah. Seems to be the options that I can see at the moment. Um, and I don't know if that's different, like depending on what country you're in, but it just seems like since I've got diagnosed and I've started trying to decide what my career should be, my um, path or whatever, uh, it just seems like all I keep coming across is, is this, you know, like you should just do like, something skilled or yeah. nothing at all yeah. yeah but yeah that's what's going on with me anyway uh but yeah moving on we'll keep you posted to, but I, I mean do you know what this isn't the first time that i've uh tried to get a different job uh, i think i go through this like every couple of years i start going i'm gonna get a new job i probably will just stay where i am but oh <laughs> huh. i've got to get out of the routine of um what I'm doing and trying something new and that's like that's the main obstacle I say it's all this finding the right job and doing a CV but really it's trying to break out of the what I'm comfortable yeah. with uh, that's going to be the hard bit and then that's do you mean like I said in my previous job before this one I was there for five years and I tried to leave it every year every year around the same time I tried to leave it but I never could the only way I got out of that job is the company went under completely and they I had to go because it doesn't exist anymore which was uh for me, a massive relief when it happened. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't like panicking or freaking out like everybody else that was there. I was more like, oh, thank you. Like, this has finally happened. Um, so, yeah, it's that initial... Uh, I've never quit a job. So, uh, do you know what I mean? I, um, yeah. I'm not sure how this is going to go. But, yeah, we'll see. Yes. But, yeah, so uh, this week we were going to do a continuation of last week. I didn't do any looking up or research for this week but that's because uh, that's your job yeah that's what you do yeah you do the well i wanted to go over like more of the well-known miscon not not misconceptions but the i guess stereotypes and then just us talk about 
what we think about them, yeah. Okay, go on then. Okay, well, I would say, like, one of the biggest ones is the people on the spectrum can't make eye contact, which I think is the biggest one. I'm not saying that it's a misconception because neither of us are good at eye contact. However, I think that the way it's said is, like, when you're talking to us, we'll constantly be looking at the floor and it will be, like, a really obvious we can't make eye contact, whereas I don't think it is. Um, yeah. So, like, I don't think if you talk to me, you think, why can this person not make eye contact? Because I can look at people's faces, like, I'll look at people's sort of facial features, just not their eyes, or I'll be looking at something that I guess they'll think that I'm just looking at this thing. But, like, it's not like I just will stare at the floor while you talk to me. I'll be looking around and I don't think that it's always like a really obvious, wow, this person can't make eye contact. Yeah. Um, but do you think that you look around and look at other things because you know, like we're back to this, um, growing up without a diagnosis, does it affect this particular misconception, I suppose? Because you know, growing up, as I did, um, people always talked about when you don't make eye contact, people say, oh, I can't trust him, he can't look me in the eye. Yeah. Or, you know, people always say things like, look me in the eye and tell me the truth. Do you know what I mean? Like, for, yeah. for NT people, looking someone in the eye seems to be like a, a big deal. It yeah. seems to be like something that's really important and says something about you. Um, so people always believe that those that can't look them in the eye lie. Um, but I suppose if you're diagnosed from a young age and eye contact is always something that gets mentioned, like you say, it is one of the main, it's one of the main things I think those on the spectrum, look, those not on the spectrum, sorry, look for. Yeah. Um, to tell that somebody is autistic. But like obviously when you're not autistic or well, you are autistic but not diagnosed, the eye contact is something that people just go, they can't look me in the eye, it's so weird they can't do it. Or some people believe, like, and some NT people believe, I don't know if it's the same with girls, but with guys, um, some guys, I think, have this mentality of if they stare someone in the eye long enough and whoever backs down first is, like, the weaker male yeah. out of <laughs> the two of them. So I imagine there's some guys that talk to me that when I look them in the eye and then look away, they think that they're, like, the dominant Winning, one. yeah. Or, like, they're the intimidating one out of the two of us. I found that sometimes, like, if I've got into, like, confrontations with another guy, uh, that they think because I can't look at them that they're the the dominant person in this conversation. Yeah. Um, and they don't realise there's like some other thing that's involved. So growing up, knowing that people see people that don't look in the eye shifty and, you know, like my mom and parents, teachers, that kind of thing, always keep telling me to look at them. Or they do that annoying thing where you're not looking at them so they keep moving their head yeah. to try and get in your eye line. Like, and then they go, look at me. Um, I found that because of that i'm aware of that um and that means that i have to i have to make myself look people in the eye occasionally um or you know there's tricks people like talk to foreheads or eyebrows yeah. or um i use various different like techniques for this like so i either look them in the eye look away like and just keep dipping in and out i do that yeah i uh give them like a brief Look in the eye. Like, it makes me uncomfortable, but I know that that's a thing. So, yeah, I look people in the eye just really quickly and then look away. And then I kind of think, like, yes, they've seen that I've looked them in the eye, like, for a bit. So, 
Yeah, it's or, done. <laughs> or look at their eyebrows. Uh, yeah. Or um, it's easier with like work and that kind of thing because we, I've got things I can be looking at while I'm talking yeah. to them. And yeah, I suppose the misconception is that we can't do it at all. Yeah. So like I have heard that before where somebody whose NT has read somewhere that looking somebody in the eye is something that people on the spectrum just can't do. Yeah, like we, it's a physical impossibility. Yeah, we just can't do it. Like I move my head towards eyeline and then like my head will just stop moving. <laughs> yeah, um, and no matter how much stuck. no matter how much I try and lift my head, I can't go any further than a certain point because I know eyes are there. Um which yeah, it's nonsense, which is also one of those things that people like read it or someone tells them this or somebody watches something that says this. So then they see me or they go, oh, Nikki's on the spectrum. Uh, so they then have a conversation with me and then I make eye contact with them in that conversation. And they go, oh, oh, you just look me in the eye. Oh, you can do that. Yeah. Um, that is something that you're able to do. Are you sure you're on the spectrum? Because <laughs> you just looked me in the eye and it's just like, no, I definitely am. Uh, and being able to look you in the eye doesn't mean that I'm any less or any more than anybody else. But that is definitely one of those like main ones that people people hear about and yeah. then just then they go for like oh i know somebody that's autistic i'm gonna go see if they can do it um like, sideline is something that reminds me of it but it's not to do with eye contact so somebody that i used to work with uh when i first got diagnosed um so this was like during the first year of diagnosis and it got about at work the reason it got about at work is because i wanted to keep it privately initially yeah um i just wanted to tell my boss because i was on the verge of being fired for things that actually weren't my fault it was to do with autism basically the company i worked for had this thing where the second somebody walked to the door you had to come from behind the counter and approach them on the shop floor and start a conversation with strangers. And every time you didn't do it, you got into trouble for it. And I was at the point where they were like, this is company policy, you're just refusing to do it. Start doing it, you're in trouble. But I managed to get diagnosed in time, managed to give my diagnosis to my boss. My boss was like, fine, you don't have to do this anymore. We'll get you other stuff to do. And I managed to get out of it before losing my job. However, the boss, for some reason, thought it was a good idea to call our regional manager on the phone that's behind the counter and have this conversation with the regional manager about my autism loud enough so everybody I work with heard it. Like they just went, yeah, so I found out why he can't do this. Like Nikki can't do this because he's got Asperger's, which is a form of autism. And she's so loudly that everybody that I was working with just heard it. So everybody knew that I had it and I didn't know they knew. Um, I told her that I just want to tell her just for that kind of thing. Um, But yeah, I I don't understand... Anyway, it happened. Um, And obviously then all these people had their like versions or ideas of what Asperger's is uh, and had their ideas of what autism is. And one of the things that one of them decided to do is one of them was like did like drama at uh, the university here and decided that because he could cry on cue, he basically made himself cry just to see if I'd notice that he was crying. Because obviously he'd read somewhere that people on the spectrum don't pick up on emotional responses of anybody else. Like we don't pick up on when people are happy, when people are sad, whatever. So he wanted to do a little experiment. And he'd kind of told the other sales assistants that we were working with, like, oh, Nikki's on the spectrum. This means that he won't notice I'm crying. So they'd all kind of made this plan. Like there was like three of them. That's so bad. He would start crying and they'd like pretend to like console him or whatever and then I came back from my lunch and they wanted to see if I'd pick up on the fact that it was happening wow so yeah yeah 
That's horrible. But like, that's like one of those things that, like, that's what I'm saying when people have like their ideas of what it is. Well, that's another misconception that I wanted to talk about as well. So yeah, like thinking that we can't pick up on anything, like any sort of other person's emotion is another thing that is... I guess a stereotype that isn't 100% true like I would say I can pick up on how other people are feeling just not like 100% of the time maybe like 50% of the time if I know someone well enough and they're being different to how they usually are I know they're being different to how they usually are I'm not I don't and if someone's crying in front of me I don't think oh this person's normal like I can see tears coming out of their eyes I understand that that means that they're probably upset. I've never understood crying out of happiness, so I would, would just go with upset. Like, there are obviously times when someone's pretending that they're fine and they're not fine, and I don't pick up on it. And, like, the person, like, say it's at work, the person goes home and then other people go, oh, I wonder what was wrong with this person today. And I've just thought, oh, I didn't notice anything. But there are other times when I notice that someone's being different before anyone else does and I can tell that there's something up with them um like it's not it I think it depends on what they're doing differently because yeah like I because I'm quite a quiet person at work I don't really interact with other people I don't tend to get distracted by my own conversations I have always spent like my work day I guess just listening to everyone else and not really being involved. So if I know that someone is usually part of this conversation that everyone's having, but on this particular day, they're not joining in at all, I'll notice that because I'm really quiet and I just listen to everyone else. So if I notice that they're there and usually they're really talkative, but this day they're not being, I'll pick up on that before everyone else does probably because everyone else will be too into the conversation. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, that is a that is a common definitely a common misconception that um i've read a lot of studies that actually say that people on the spectrum are the other way so we're we pick up on it better than other people do yeah um but there's just this uh like thought that we're unable and it was the same with like i say with these people that i worked with they thought that i um just wouldn't notice yeah um but like you said the obvious ones like anger crying laughing it's not like we're just we're oblivious to yeah. it um i think they mean like you've got i think like it's the subtle ones if someone's crying i'm not gonna not notice that they're crying yeah um i mean in this case with the thing at work uh the guy that was doing it was quite emotional a lot of the time anyway so i did actually ignore it oh yeah um i knew he was crying but i just thought oh this again like what is yeah. he upset about now i'm not i'm not getting involved like i'm not getting involved in it there's two members of staff already with him uh, and they're already like comforting him and so like I'm, I'm not even going to ask um, but obviously I didn't realise that I was playing into their stereotype Yeah, uh, they just thought I hadn't picked up on the fact that he was crying um, because then all of a sudden he just stopped and he was normal and he was like ah so you don't notice and I was like notice what and yeah there was like this whole thing but yeah like you said if you know someone you know what they're normally like so I think the better you know someone the the more like the minor changes are the things you start to notice if you know someone really well yeah uh you do then pick up on the things that are different i mean i don't pick up it on the way that um 
I suppose NT people do. I don't have the, I don't have the empathy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Good. Maybe I don't know what the ah, rest of the sentence right. is. Right. So I was. <laughs> so say like I'm talking to somebody. Yeah. And there's something bothering them, but they're not being like completely open about it, and they're trying to hide that something's bothering them. But I'm still picking up on it. Empathy. I'm not sure that that's empathy or sympathy. Ugh, empathy up. is being able to put yourself in someone else's no, shoes. No, no, no. There's no point trying to explain it to me. Okay. At this point now, if I don't know what it is, I don't, I'm just going to stop saying it. Yeah. Um, either way, that thing. That thing there where like you're talking to somebody and they have... There's something wrong. Uh, there's something bothering them. Like say it's something outside of whatever the conversation's about. But it's on their mind and it's such a powerful whatever that yeah. they can't stop thinking about it. And they're distracted. I don't pick up on that they're doing that. Um, you know? Yeah. Whereas I think, like, NT people will notice there's something wrong. Um, or, like, yeah, or the sympathy thing where they feel sorry for somebody. Yes? Yeah. Yes. So, like, somebody's having a hard time of things uh, and they sympathise yeah. with the situation. I really don't think I do that, but that's... Um, that's just that's just me. I can't... It's like... The reason why I think that people on the spectrum can't empathise either is not because, like like you said, you put them in their shoes. Because I think, like, if an NT person, say, deals with something really traumatic, so say, like, family member dies. Yeah. They're really traumatic about it. If you're on the spectrum and you've also had somebody in your family die and you put your... Remember what you were like when that happened to you, yeah. how you behaved in that situation, well, for me anyway, is completely different to how an NT person would... Re- yeah. So, like, I couldn't empathise anyway. It's not that I can't empathise at all. It's that my version of it is I go, oh, yeah, I've been there. Um, and then I just think, yeah, I've been there. It was fine. Um, why are you being like this? So yeah. that makes it look like I'm not being empathetic. But really what what I'm doing is... I'm trying to imagine what that was like when it happened to me and I am having my ASD response which is a really like numbed diluted version of a response to the thing. I know something's changed and I know that what's happened is perceived as bad but I'm not getting the uh, emotional feedback telling me to feel bad. Yeah. In my head I've logically worked out this isn't a good thing but um there's no like emotional response that says feel bad about it. Yeah. So like then when someone says to me, oh, this has happened to me, like, uh, do you know what I mean? Like my boyfriend's broken up with me. I go, oh yeah, I've been broken up with. It was fine. Um, And then I just think, why are you upset? Yeah. <laughs> I was fine, which is, I think we do empathize, but I think if you had two people on the spectrum have a conversation, um, I think the empathy would be about right then. So, like, yeah. if I talked to you about something and I said to you, like, oh, this has happened, and then you remember what it was like when it happened to you, we'd have a similar experience, so the empathy would be would be there. Um, but, yeah, like, people on, that are on the spectrum just feel like we're unable to pick up on other people's emotions. But I think that's it's, it's kind of like, it's not that we can't, it's that our emotions are different. So when we see someone having an emotion to a situation that we think, well, I wouldn't have cried about that. You just find it really weird. Most of the time, like, I get that NT people are different in that sense. But I, sometimes when I see someone NT crying about something that has happened to me and I didn't get upset at all, I do just think, like, that's a bit dramatic. 
Yeah, I I like how with everything I say, you then move on to my next point because my next <laughs> misconception was we can't have empathy and sympathy, <laughs> which uh, I think is funny. I totally agree. So I don't I don't think I can feel sympathetic. Sympathy is when you feel sorry for someone. Right. I don't think I can feel sorry for someone. If someone says like if someone says a situation that I've never had happen to me before, I don't know how to feel sorry for them because i don't understand what that is like i can't hy- hypothesize what that's like but i can feel empathy and i think i feel empathy really strongly so i think there's this misconception that we can't feel empathy which is when you put yourself in someone else's shoes and have that feeling but i think i can do that really well however as you say i do it really well but i can only do it from my own perspective so if someone is like yeah for example if someone's had a grandparent die i've had a grandparent die and i like i wasn't happy about it but i wasn't as sad as i've seen some people be so if they start crying they're really upset i can only empathize to the point of how i felt which usually is like well i didn't feel that bad i think i think you're exaggerating this or i think you're being a bit dramatic is usually what comes to my head but equally, if someone gets really upset over something that I've gotten upset over, or if someone doesn't get upset over something that I know would really bother me. So say say someone's like, oh, this is that's really annoying. I was meant to be going out with these people tonight, but they've like com- cancelled on me last minute. I can feel like, oh my God, are you okay? Because <laughs> I know that I'd be really worked up by it. And then I think like, oh, that's horrible. And when they're like, it's fine. I think, what's wrong with you? Like you there's something wrong with this person they don't they've got the complete incorrect emotional response to this situation so i think i can empathize with people really well but only to like you say the degree of how it would affect me yeah and if it wouldn't affect me in the same way then i either think that they're not being emotional enough because they then like i'd be going crazy and probably having some sort of meltdown over something that they're just like ah whatever or it's the other way around and i think that they're being really dramatic and they just want attention (laughs) which logically in my head i know isn't true but it's difficult for me to not feel that way so i would say that i do have empathy but yeah it's i can only relate it to myself and if it's a situation that i've never been in before I can't sort of hypothetically go, how would that bother me? I just sort of can't understand it. Yeah. Or I like say I've seen someone else have it and they've reacted like it was no big deal. To then see someone else act like it is a big deal, I just think, well, they're being dramatic because that last person didn't. If it's the other way around and someone, the first time I see it, someone's really upset and then the second person isn't upset at all, I think you should be more upset than that because I remember when this happened before and this person was really down about it. So that's one, I think. Yeah, I've used that technique before where I've just used not my own situation but examples of other people. So other NT people I know that have experienced a similar thing. I've kind of just gone with what happened to them. Yeah. And just gone, yeah, I remember my friends, they had this problem, um, you know, and this is what they did about it and it seems upsetting because I just think, like, I can't really... I can't really bring up my own my own exactly. examples because I just kind of went, I got over it. Because then when you say that, some people just think that you don't understand. 
So your experience was not as bad as what they're experiencing because you're not as upset as they are. So they think like, you know, like if there's a relationship breakup and you just sort of go, yeah, it was fine. You know, like we, she wanted to break up. I agreed. We ended it. Yeah. Uh, it was fine. I moved on. People just, they then like value up. Like they think that because I didn't have the reaction they're having now, my relationship can't have been as serious or as like involved as their one. And yeah. That's, and that's why I'm not, that's why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. Like it's, it's hard because, um, even if they know you're on the spectrum, there's elements of it. Like I say, when people hear something, so when they read something and say, this is a common Asperger trait or this is something of that, they they go for like the, I suppose, generic examples or they don't really go into much detail. So like the eye contact, it's literally, you can't look somebody in the eye and that's that. They don't go to the, the more broken down version of, you can do it, but looking somebody in the eye is very uncomfortable. Um... And like I was saying before, I think I've said before in a previous episode, that for me, the more stressed or the more I feel, I suppose, um, autistic at the time or like if I'm being like overwhelmed by stuff, it's much harder for me to make eye contact. I make yeah, more eye definitely. contact, the more calm I am. Um, but people don't see that. They just think no matter what, no eye contact. Same with the empathy sympathy thing. It's not a case of, um there's different variables of it and i can do it it's just i'm going to use my own examples and because of my autism my examples will not match yours they just think i can't do it yeah so instead of me going yeah all right well when i was when i broke up with my girlfriend i was fine with it it was fine you'll be okay they don't think well because of his aspergers he didn't have a normal emotional response to it and that's why he's saying it was all right because for him it was they just think he doesn't get it he's on the spectrum he can't empathize like he doesn't understand anything that's being said he's just attempting to pretend like he knows what's going on yeah definitely um and i think that's what it is i think people read these studies or read things by professionals um and then just go, well, that's how it is then. And then they apply that to everybody they know that's on the spectrum and go, well, this is how it is. So then when we attempt stuff, like if they know you're on the spectrum, they've got that in the back of their head while you're talking. Yeah, but they're on the spectrum and I read that they can't do this. So um, whatever he's saying won't be right anyway. And I shouldn't be listening to what he's saying because <laughs> uh, he doesn't really know what he's talking about. He's just attempting to appear NT. Or, um, you know, they can't make eye contact and then I make eye contact and they go, oh, he just looked me in the eye. Is he lying about his diagnosis? You know, <laughs> I mean? like, so people, they, they do that. Yeah. They don't understand that there's variables and there's different degrees of what we can and can't do. And it's not as straightforward as we can't do this or we can do that. There are some stuff that you can read on a diagnosis that says that I can't do that. But there's a lot of stuff that I can do. It's just, it's extremely difficult for me to do it. Um, and it is possible for me to do it, but I wouldn't recommend, um, I wouldn't recommend that you get me to do it. You know, there's, there's those kind of things where it's not impossible. It's just, I would, it's kind of like a bit extreme, but it's kind of like having like, um, say like a cup of boiling water and someone saying, you can't put your hand in there. You can put your hand in there. I just advise against it. Yeah. It's kind of like that example of that. It's not that it's physically impossible for me to put my hand into this water. It's just I can do it. 
It's just I'd rather not do it uh, yeah. because it's it not, won't feel good because <laughs> it's not pleasant. Um, and you've got to like think about it that kind of thing. There's loads of stuff you'll read that says that somebody on the spectrum can't do something, um, but then they'll do it one time because like everything was right. They were calm. They were relaxed. They were like having a good day, and they'll just do it. And then you just start thinking they can do it. Like my ex had the same problem. Every now and then I would do things that I'd specifically told her that I can't do. Yeah. And she'd just think that I was changing or learning or... (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I was picking up stuff and that she started thinking... So the reasons like we... Our relationship ended was because she wanted like affection and like um, she wanted like some sort of like intimacy and like... um, trying to think what the word I'm looking for now is like a closeness uh and like she wanted me to be like affectionate and caring and that kind of thing and I told her that I can't do it um that I can do it to a certain level and sometimes I can but she she just I told her I can't because I thought that's easy just to say I can't do it and it was my fault because I said it's impossible um so every now and then I would do it uh not all like it was rare every now and then I'd do something that would make her think oh wait a minute He's changing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's that's like a problem because then she started to think that I could, but I was choosing not to. And it's the same with like eye contact, empathy, sympathy. Sometimes you'll see stuff that somebody on the spectrum will do and you think, I thought they couldn't do that. Well, maybe they've learned how. And like if you've got kids that are on the spectrum, they'll sometimes break away from something and do yeah. something. It's like, oh, I've just noticed they do that. And then you push them to do it more because you think, well, I've seen you do it. So I know you can. So you're just choosing not to. Um, but I think I can get you to do it. But really, it's just every now and then, like, everything's like... Like, it's like all the stars are aligned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. everything's come together. And there's that brief period where you're able to do something that's considered impossible for someone on the spectrum to do. But it's like a flash. It's like a one-off. Yeah. Don't expect, like, a repeat performance every time now. Um, just sometimes people on the spectrum will do something and you just think, like, wow, they can do that. But really, it's just a case of it was the right time. And they might do it again, but... Don't try and replicate that either. Don't think like, well, I need to figure out everything that happened that day that made them do it. Yeah, just accept that it's nice that like one time they did, but it's not. Because this kind of moves me on to the next one quite well, in my opinion. Because my next one, and it doesn't really apply to us as much, but there's this, uh, uh, as in it does apply to us, and but I'll explain. So like a big stereotype for people on the spectrum is that we can't and don't enjoy socializing yeah which for us is true we're not big on sorry we're not big on socializing however i know that there are people on the spectrum who one enjoy socializing and two can do it really well um so it's not everybody um and for me it's funny because i have a similar story with my ex i don't really enjoy socializing However, on the odd, and it's a rare occasion, but on the odd, odd occasion, and like you say, if everything else is going well in my life, we would have already made plans and everything else, like there's loads of times we made plans and I'd bail or I'd change my mind at the last minute. But there were like a few times where we'd made plans um, and maybe it was like a big event and everything was going really well for me and like my day had gone perfectly nothing had gone wrong I didn't have like any rumination going on in my head I wasn't overthinking things and I'd go to an event and I'd be like a social butterfly like I'd and it would take a lot of energy out of me but I'd be really good I'd meet new people and I'd come across really well but then we'd like 
go home you know finish the event and he'd think see you can do it so we can just do it all the time now yeah not realizing that one for me definitely it was taking up a lot of my energy like i could only do it once in a in a blue moon sort of thing like i can do it. i can meet new people at a social event and be really like friendly and come up with conversation but it's like i'm working my brain on like triple time and everything else has to have gone right that day because say I get to this event and I'm thinking about the fact that that morning my porridge hadn't been perfect I won't be on form like I have to be on a certain way but it would happen all the time like if we did something and I did like a good job I didn't I didn't cancel at the last minute I ended up being quite like friendly and sociable when we were out he'd be like so you can do it so why do we keep not doing this why don't we do this more often and it became like a really big problem because he felt like I was deliberately I was going to a social event being really social and then a week later when he wanted to do it again I would either go and be terrible and then have to go home early or I'd just cancel at the last minute and he'd think that it I could do it and I was just choosing to not um, and I think that's exactly what you were saying with the last thing of he felt like I was changing and then like taking a back step, but it wasn't. It was just there were odd occasions where I'd be doing it how he considered like an NT way. Yeah. Um, and this was before there was any suggestion of me being on the spectrum. Like he didn't know, I didn't know. That was just sort of how I was. And I think it was it was an issue because it happened quite often. But yeah, I just, I, cause socializing is a big one, but I've definitely seen, uh, when I started looking into it, I saw that there are people on the spectrum who do actually really enjoy socializing. They can't do it all the time for like sensory problems, but they really enjoy it. I'm not one of those people. I don't really enjoy it. And given the chance, like I would say probably like 95% of the time I would rather not socialize, but you know, if everything is going well, I can do it on the odd occasion. But yeah, I just, that was one that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, uh, I don't, I don't enjoy it. Uh, and I could happily go the rest of my life without socializing. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't miss it. I wouldn't miss other people. Um, but I know that you've got to, uh, and there's loads of people in the world and like everything you go to, you're not going to go to stuff when you're the only one there. Like I see in a lot of Facebook groups, um, like a weird, um, I suppose contrast. I see some people on Facebook or whatever saying they're so lonely and they want to talk to people. Uh, oh, and that that's kind of interesting. Thing. Um, I see that kind of, I saw one last night where somebody posted on one of the Asperger groups that I follow. Uh, I'm sick of feeling lonely. Um, what does anyone do about this? Wow. Um, but then equally, three posts down, I saw a guy who's really excited because it was the third time he'd caught a bus and he was the only person on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the first time it happened, he was like, this is amazing. This is the best bus ride ever. Next night, like two nights in a row, I can't believe it. Third night, he was like, seriously, what's happening? Like, this is great. And he loved the fact that every time he got on the bus, it was just him and the driver. Um, and yeah, it's the same thing. Some people just want to go inside want to get under a duvet and don't want to talk to anyone. Uh, I see a lot of posts where people say, I've done all the talking I'm going to do for the next like week. I'm just going to stand on my duvet for the next seven days and not talk to anyone. Um, and I like to go days where I don't talk at all. So sometimes when I have days off, I purposely try and go the whole 24 hours without making a noise out of my mouth for 24 hours. Yeah. So like I don't answer the phone for anybody. When I have to go to the shop, I make sure it's self-service. 
I don't talk to anyone. Um, so like I'm the same in that kind of thing. But yeah, there are people on the spectrum that, like I said, I've seen want to be around people. Uh, but because of their Asperger's, they get anxiety. They get scared meeting new people. So they don't go and meet new people because there's like this. They want to. It's like me in the job thing. I want to go, but um, it's too unfamiliar and weird and too much of a change that it's hard for me to do. And it's the same with people that I've seen that are on the spectrum that want to socialize. They want to socialize, but that means going somewhere they don't really know and meeting people that they might not get along with. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like there's this like thing of these people like, so what they do is they go on Facebook and just post an Asperger groups. I need someone to talk to. Yeah. Uh, and then they people message them and that kind of thing which will help them for a bit but they want to physically meet people um, but don't like the process I mean it's kind of like what we've said like it's it's kind of like the job thing I don't want to do the thing of like interview CV that kind of thing I just want to go I want a new job and then someone goes alright tomorrow you start your new job but I want to go to the job already know how to do yeah. it and already know everybody that's there yeah. and already understand what I'm doing yeah, so I want what I'm doing exactly. I, want, I want to do what I'm doing now but I want to be able to do it completely differently somewhere else um, and it's the same with these people that want to socialise they want to socialise but they want to socialise with strangers they already know and already know where they're going to be and know what they're going to be talking about. And that's the problem, I think, is there's this, it's the change. It's every time you've got to change, the stuff you've got to do to get to the bit you're comfortable at. And that's where the problem is, is you've got to try and get through all this stuff. You don't know what's going to happen and how it is or what you're going to do to get to the bit that's the end result that you want. Uh, yeah. And there's that anxiety and worry and fear of having to go through all that stuff that you don't know how it's going to turn out. Do you know what I mean? Like getting a new job's fine, but you've got to go through the process of finding out what it is, what you'll be doing, when you'll be doing it, how safe it will be, you know, will you lose your job? Will they do this? All that stuff is the thing that stops you from achieving the thing that you want. And it's the same with like the socializing. Um, I don't like socializing because if I'm honest, it's like going out on a night out. Like yeah. every time everybody wants to go out on the night out, everybody always goes on about how amazing it will be and like we're going to go dancing and like bars, clubs, that kind of thing. Everyone says it will be so good. It will be so amazing. But I don't think I've ever been on a night out that I enjoyed. No. I hated all of them. Yeah. Uh, the second I, I don't know why I agreed to it. Like it was anxiety of like, what do I wear? What are we going to talk about? Definitely. What should I do? Like, and the whole thing was stressful. Then you get to the club. And like when you get to clubs and that kind of thing, everybody in there like wants to be close to each other, pushing about, yeah. loud music, everybody's drunk, everything smells weird, everybody's touching you. Like it's like an autism like nightmare. Yeah. Um, but everybody goes on about how great it was. And even nights when I've been out and it's been awful and I've hated it and just thought, well, I'm not doing that again everybody like reminisces the day after like oh it was so funny and this was great and it was such a good night and I just think like were we at the same thing yeah I yeah I agree. um so like stuff like that and that's what people consider socializing and I'm not saying like just being drunk in a club is any way you can socialize other events I've been to for socializing uh like we went for that board game night mm. uh stuff like that I remember thinking like yeah it'll be a good idea it'll be fun but then I remember just getting there and just thinking I hate this yeah let's just get it over with um, and it's the same with everything else I've done, like pub quizzes or uh, day trips to stuff. Everyone always tells me it'll be a good idea and I just think, yeah, all right, fine, it will be. But then, like, for some reason, I don't think uh, back to, wait, this has never been a good idea. Why am I doing this? 
Um, so yeah, I just don't, I just don't see the point of going out in groups or going out to stuff with people. I enjoy doing stuff on my own, so I like going out and doing stuff by myself. But yeah. I find that when I go out with other people, um, it's stressful. Like you have to talk, you have to do stuff, you have to do all that. And it's just, for me, it's, it's too alien. It's too bizarre. Uh, that I just find the whole thing odd. And every time I get out, I just want to be home. I start in my head thinking, like, when I get back, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And I start getting, like, looking forward to yeah. going home and doing nothing that I start, like, clock watching and thinking, like, when is this going to be over? Yeah. Um, which is, yes. But then, like I say, on the opposite side of it, I'm one of the people that doesn't like it. But I know loads of people through, like, social media and that kind of thing that are on the spectrum that love it. Uh, and are always trying to socialise uh, with people. Um, I've seen people on like Facebook who know other people on the spectrum and have just gone, I'm going to this later, come to it with me. Uh, yeah. Let's go do this together. Uh, and yeah, there's there's the opposite. There's the opposite of that, where there's people on the spectrum that like to do stuff with other people. Um, so I wouldn't say that's a definite, but most people believe that we're not social at all. Um, which, yeah... It's, I would say it's it's more likely that we're not, but don't rule it out as that we can't do it or that some of us don't like doing it. Yeah. You know? Uh, like I say, it's not impossible. I've been to loads of social stuff. Uh, it's just, it's not good for me. And like it's like anything else, like the eye contact, like the empathy, sympathy thing. It depends on how worked up and stressed I am at the time to whether I'll do it. If my anxiety and stress is through the roof, you're not getting me out of my flat. Uh, you know, I mean, there's been times where I've not just gone, I've not gone to anywhere or talked to anyone because I just can't do it. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? But then there's times where everything's right. So I can just spur the moment someone goes, hey, do you want to go do this? And I go, yeah, sure, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think because um, what I enjoy about you that I've never really experienced before. So with like... Um, my family or previous boyfriends and friends of mine like say anyone says like oh what are you going to do today like it's your day off or you've got two days off now what are you going to do um if I say nothing really I'm just gonna I don't know like I'll go for a walk I'll do my food shopping I'll clean my flat and then I'll probably just hang out at home they sort of go oh that's a shame do you have anyone you want to you're going to meet up with anyone are you going to do anything nice you're going to do this um what I like what I found previously was I felt quite like I was getting a lot of judgment and sometimes I just have to pretend that I, oh yeah, maybe I'll meet up with this person and sort of have to lie. Whereas with you, if you say, what are you going to do with your day off today? And I say, I'm probably going to do food shopping, clean my flat. Maybe I'll go for a walk and then I'm just going to sit in and do nothing. I like the fact that you go, yeah, nice. I think um, there's a sort of misconception that it's a shame or that we're like missing out on something. But to me, like, if I did have plans to meet up with someone, that sort of almost, not necessarily, but sort of like ruined my day off yeah. because I'm having to do something that I don't really want to do. And I'm probably only doing it because I want to appear more normal or more NT, I guess. I 
would much rather spend my day off doing what I want to do and not really talking to anyone. Like I, I want to do my food shop, but I want to go to a shop where I can use a self-service machine so I don't have to talk to someone behind the thing. I want to go for a walk, but I will go for a walk, not like through town or anywhere too busy. I'll go for a walk along the beach. Hopefully the weather won't be amazing so it won't be that busy and I'll pick a time of day where hopefully most people are at work or school. So in theory I see as few people on that walk as possible um and I'll clean my flat just sometimes just in silence because that's what I like and that to me is a good day like I there's I think there's a misconception that like we're missing out and I can understand why NT people would see it that way because for them that might sound like a hideous day and they'd be really bored or they'd be really lonely but it's just it's just the opposite for people on the spectrum and like I say not every person on the spectrum because some people on the spectrum th- would probably think that that sounds really boring but I think like I am doing it because I want to if I didn't want to I wouldn't be doing it so it's kind of like my choice and I, I have like a weekly phone call with my parents and every week they do the same thing of what have you been up to this week and every week I sort of say the same as last week just work and then like two days off what did you do on your two days off nothing and i i hear it in their voice oh you should go out more you should you should go out with your friends you should go to the pub something like that yeah and that and it is it's almost every week and i understand why because to them that's what they enjoy doing but i just don't have that same feeling yeah of that's something that I want to do. Like, I just enjoy being by myself. <laughs> that's just a... Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. Like, um, yeah, when anybody asks me what I've been up to, I do tend to just go work and that's it. Because yeah. the things I'm not doing, the things I'm doing when I'm not at work are stuff that isn't worth, like, talking about. I know that somebody that's NT is is basically saying, like, name something interesting you've done. And I haven't. You know what I mean? I've just been sat around like playing Zelda or yeah. I've been tidying my flat or I've been watching movies or, you know, I had a run or something. It's stuff that people class as like mundane, everyday, like things that they do in between the fun stuff yeah, that they yeah. do. Uh, whereas for me, like it, that is my day. Um, and it's not like I feel like I'm missing out on things I should be doing. It's not like when they say to me, Oh, have you not been down to like the Christmas market that's there now? Or have you not been and seen this yet? Or did you know this is on at the cinema? And I, I don't... I know what they're doing. And I know that if they were me, that's what they'd be doing. But I know that I don't care. So like initially before diagnosis, I used to think like, oh God, am I wasting my life? Should I be doing yeah, stuff? Yeah. Should I be... Why can't I do these things? Like why, why am I not driven enough to do this kind of stuff why am I not but then after once you got diagnosed or even if you're not diagnosed and you just know you just tend to go whatever I don't care like if that's what you want to do with your time you do that with your time but for me it doesn't make a difference I that just sounds like a lot of hassle um and I don't want to do it but like I say if you explain that to somebody um I think we're back to like the empathy thing again is when you say to somebody I don't care about Christmas or whatever. It's my birthday. Who cares? It's the same day every year. Like, it doesn't really matter. I don't feel excited for it. I don't feel like, wow, this is amazing. It's my birthday. Like, I've never... 
I never like look forward to stuff like that. Uh, you know, it's the same reasons why I don't go on holiday because holidays for me are, you know, and we've talked about it previously, are a drain. So I don't go on holiday. I haven't been on holiday in, it's got to be like 13, 14 years now. I've never actually worked it out, but definitely before I moved and it was about a year before I moved. So it's probably about 11 years since I've been on a holiday. Um, but I don't feel like I'm missing out. I don't feel like because I've not traveled the world or been to other countries and experienced other cultures that I am missing out on something. I feel like NT people want that. And sometimes I question whether NT people want that. I don't know if it's because they've been told that's what you got to do yeah. when you're young and you've got to see the world and that kind of thing. I always hear you've got to see the world. People never say like, oh, you should try it out. They just sort of go, you've got to see the world. You've got to do it before you're, in a, you're too old to do it. You've got to experience this. Like, it's always one of those things that I just think, do you want to or do you just know you have to? And like I say, I'm not NT, so I will never know if they're driven that way or if it's... There's there's certain things that NT people do that I swear they're just told to do. Um, and it's just the norm, so they do it. Um, but for me, like, I don't feel like I need to. Um, I don't feel like I'm missing out. When people come back from, like, another country, even if they've been, like, travelling or even if they've just been on holiday for two weeks and they go on about how great it was and the things they had... I don't think like, ah, I wish I had that. I wish I'd feel something towards that. I just think like, oh yeah, so you're back now, yeah? And then that's that. Um, And it's just because uh, there's no, it doesn't make any difference to me. But like when NT people try and empathize with that, they think it's sad. They think that what they're experiencing is they feel like these emotions and happiness and whatever they get from doing these things and just think that I'm missing out because I'm not getting that. But it's back to... I've never had it, so I don't miss it. So I don't know what it is, so I'm not looking for it. Whereas they see it as, it's like they had it, experienced it, something happened, they lost it, and then they're trying to get it back. back, Yeah, Yeah, and that's why they're like, oh, you should, you should give it a go and that kind of thing. But trying to explain to them, that's fine, I could go do these things. You're right, I could go to another country, I could experience other cultures, but here's all the things that will make it horrible. Um, And here's all the things (laughs) that will be like, why it's going to be a problem for me. I might experience other things and I might see stuff, but here's all the stuff that won't work for me. I mean, for a start, I'm in another country where they've got like different norms, norms, cultures, routines that I won't recognise. So I'll do things that are considered foreign in that country and I'll be like, oh God, this they don't do this here. What do they do? Yeah. Why does no why is no one telling me? Like why is there no signs up? Who knows? So I'd have <laughs> to take someone with me that knew and would warn me before this is what you have to do here. So there's that. You know, there's like the I don't know anything here. None of my stuff's here. I don't know this place. What do I do? I need to plan. Like Jimmy, you know, there's so many yeah. things that like would be such a stress that I'd be so like burgering out the whole time I got there. That it's just a it's a, it, your whole routine is gone yeah. for however long you're on holiday. Do you know what I mean like and there's like there's obviously ways like people socialise and like social norms here, but imagine if like you went to a place where they're completely different again. It's already bad enough to try and like uh socialise and you know do stuff here with things that you understand. Imagine trying to do it in a place where they're different again. Yeah. And you don't understand. And you don't know where anything is and you don't know like food and you don't know like what to do with your day. Uh, Like every time I've ever gone on a holiday, I've locked in a routine as soon as I got there. Yeah. So like there's been a lot of places where I've been on a holiday and they want to go on like excursions or go see the town. But my routine is up, pool, lunch, pool, dinner, bed. 
And I've managed to lock that in as what I'm doing every day. So every day I wake up, pool, I'm going to go swim. I'm going to sit by the pool, swim, sit by the pool, just keep doing that until it's like dinner time. Uh, and just kind of like run the clock out for like my holiday. Yeah. But then like your family are just like, we're going to go do this today. And I'm just like, we're not doing that. I don't want to go do that. I don't want to go on a boat. I don't want to go see this island. I don't want to go look around town. I don't want to go here. I don't care what the beach looks like. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's just keep, I want to do these set things. Same thing every day in and out. And then I'm gone. Yeah. Um, which for everybody else, it just seems like you're wasting it. They just think like, why do you even come here? If you're just going to do the things you did at home, you know, like you could read at home, you can play that at home. I used to hear that all the time. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like if I played computer games as part of my day and I went on a holiday, I find an arcade and be like, right, which one of these games do I recognize? That one. Go play that because that like makes yeah. it like me more comfortable. But my mom's just like, you play video games at home. You're in another country. There's so much you could be doing, but you're choosing to play that. And it's just like, you don't understand what I'm trying to do is like, this is like an anchor. I'm yeah, trying I'm trying to, to hold on to I'm, it. I'm trying to like put some of my norms in so I can calm down. Uh, and one of my norms is play this game and I found it here. So obviously I'm drawn to this. I was like that. I remember, I remember a lot of time going abroad and I'm not a big fan of um, the sun and the heat. I'm not a big fan of that. I remember a lot of time on holiday being under some sort of umbrella in the shade, reading a book and just trying to get as lost in that book as possible or taking a portable DVD player with me and certain films and just watching them. More often than not books because I'm more into books than films, but that was a big thing for me on holiday. And I do remember a lot of the time people going, you haven't even got a tan, you're still really pale. And I'd be like, yeah, because I don't want to lie about in the sun um i want to and i wanted yeah the same thing of routine i now i look back whenever i went on holiday i always made a really set routine of what i was eating one holiday i went on i think i mentioned this last week square potatoes and baked beans for dinner every night and i think it was because that was my way of coping because i i use food as a routine setter for myself whenever i went on holiday I came up really quickly with a set, what am I gonna have for breakfast, lunch and dinner every night? And I, I needed that sort of locked in because that was probably my coping mechanism to the rest of my routine being completely messed up. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it, now we're speaking about it, it's just sort of made me realize because it's actually every holiday I've been on, I've done the same thing of locking in a food. Yeah, uh, I, I just tried to replicate the things that I knew from back home because if I had them, they were the things I could like go back to to yeah. stay calm with everything else that was different but to everybody else it just looks like you're being dull and boring and like why even bother going on holiday but yeah. yeah I was just looking for the things that were familiar and every time everything got too overwhelming and weird and like too different I would just go do that thing and then I would calm down a little bit and be like, yeah. and be like actually no yeah I'm alright I'm alright it's funny the last holiday I went on was to the south of France it was really hot like I think it was 40 degrees it was really really hot and my routine at home had been going for a run and I was so stressed out by everything being different that I went for a run and I swear I almost killed myself it was so hot but I was so determined to just carry on running because I was like I need this I need to feel normal yeah it's just funny yeah yeah well 
Oh, look at the, how long we've been doing this one for. I know. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have to stop there. Yes. Do you feel like you've got your misconceptions out of your system now? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's... Loads. There's, yeah, the, we were never going to cover every single one. Yeah. But I think we covered the main, like the main ones I can think of are sympathy, empathy, eye contact, socialising, yeah. uh, which I think are the main ones we covered. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know what we're going to do next week yet. There's two topics I want to cover. We've got to do the Christmas episode. We are going to do a Christmas episode. Uh, which will either be next week or the week after, because obviously there's no point doing it after Christmas, because yeah. I'll have calmed down. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I wanted to do one about Asperger's and how it changes with age, which I realised we did an episode on age, so I listened back to it, but we're good. I was like, I scrolled through our episodes and just thought, wait a minute, we've done an episode on age before. Am I, are we going to start going over the same topics again? But the episode about age was actually about um, the difference between when you're diagnosed and how it affects. Whereas the episode I want to do is on your Asperger's, how it changes with age. Yeah. So because, how it matures with you. Yeah, because obviously we all, we all grow up. Yeah. NT on the spectrum or not like everyone does grow up yeah so next week it'll either be christmas christmas and the sorry for those that are listening to this on headphones by the way <laughs> oh i am sorry yeah. scarlet was just mega loud then um but yeah <laughs> we'll do the varying contrast of me and scarlet scarlet is a christmas nut and for me it kind of makes my Asperger's, like, I find it really hard to control this time of year uh, for some reason. So we're going to explore that because I'm not sure why and it'll be interesting to talk about. And we're going to do the Asperger's maturing thing. So next week, it'll be one or the other. Uh, I'm just not sure which yet. But yeah, that's it. Uh, This is, yeah, that's it. It's over. Uh, Anything else you want to say? Thanks, everyone, for listening again. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Thank you you so much for joining the group, following the Facebook page, uh, following the Twitter page and commenting on that. Thank you to everyone that's just, like, in some way followed us, messaged us, spoke to us, liked our stuff, anything like that. Yeah, like, like I say, it's Especially just... those that have written reviews as well, because your reviews are all really nice, and they made me really happy. So yeah, thank look, you so much for just that. Just look for them, Asperger's, on Facebook, Twitter, uh, and everywhere else. It just shows up, I think, pretty yeah. much straight away now. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Thank you. Bye.